0: is from a traveler named Lord Poe. He called this experience Confessions of a Former Professional Torturer. Please allow me to tell you his tale. You can call me Mr. Alester. It is not my name, but it is the name I give my clients. I am a private contractor of sorts. I provide dynamic interrogation I am very good at getting people to talk and before you go accusing me of cruelty I don't cut off toes or smash fingers with hammers. My methods are more sure and don't leave permanent injuries. I am not a killer or a mangler. My line of work takes me to dark places but I don't do underworld work. I am an option for people that don't have options when getting someone to talk is critical. I've done a few government jobs, worked over terrorists and cartel bosses among others. They almost all eventually talked. When they talk, I stop the audio recorder, hand over the tape, and take my leave. Whatever happens to them after that isn't my business. My last job, my very last, didn't start out any different. I get a call on my protected line. Black one, I say, and await the response. Red seven, the voice replies. I checked my client book for red seven. I have four names there. Sticks and stones, I continue. Cherries and pits the voice replies. Mr. Ghost reads the name. A private client, not corporate, not government, but a very wealthy string puller according to my notes. How can I help you, Mr. Ghost? I clicked my pen and was poised to take notes. Are you familiar with my case? He asked, fairly. Your daughter went missing and you want to keep it out of the media. I replied, referencing my notebook. That is correct. What's more... Mr. Alester is I have the man who I believe to be responsible. A sick man. I think he has my daughter somewhere she may already be dead. I have to know his voice broke as he choked back tears. As you can imagine, unless you are a dear loved one, tears don't move me much anymore. I have drunk many tears. You understand I am not a hitman. I am an interrogator. Know that if I think someone is being straight, if I think that they don't know the answers, I'm out. I'm not in the business of forcing people to say what you want them to hear. Are we clear on this first point? I spoke sternly but professionally. We are clear, Mr. Ghost replied. Next point, you pay half up front and the other half when I am finished I was interrupted by a ding on my phone that alerted my payment had been received. This guy was eager to find his daughter. When I am finished, I continued, you'll get the tape after the second half is paid. Not before. If I fail to get your info, or if the interviewee is bunk, I keep the deposit. That will not problem. My resources are unlimited. Mr. Ghost had reined his emotions back in. A background check on the subject, we will call Pat. Revealed he was squeaky clean until about ten years ago. He was diagnosed with delusional schizophrenia, and was fixated on serving his Dark Lord. Assault, robbery, murder, vandalism, kidnapping and even rape. He had been charged with them all, but never served time for any of them. In most cases, the charges were dropped. Others were mistrial or settled in civil court. Now, though, he might have hurt a kid, and that pissed me off. I headed over to my coroner friend to borrow a dead body for a few days. I had already rented a remote private cabin with a small basement and hung the corpse on a pole and erected another pole just a few feet in front of it. I called Mr. Ghost, and within an hour, A black SUV arrived and a hogtied man with a sack on his head was pushed out. His shirt was covered in blood and his skin with various lacerations and gouges. This wasn't uncommon to see. Many times my clients try and work a guy over before they send them to me. I waited for the SUV to leave. The subject wasn't struggling. I jabbed him with a sedative anyway and pulled him down into the basement and hung him up across from the corpse securing his hands. Feet and torso with cargo straps. I head upstairs and made some coffee. I like coffee when I work. A bit later, when I was sure the light sedative had worn off, I readied some cool water and headed downstairs. I splashed him in the face with water. He woke instantly. How is it? I asked. His face was sallow and sunken. Deep purple bags hung beneath his eyes. His hairy was stringy and balding. Most of his body was covered in pagan runes and occult symbols. He did not look up or stir. He stared at the floor. Okay, let me tell you how this works. You look pretty hungry, Pat. Probably haven't eaten for a few days. That's nothing though, Pat. Just waits. I've seen the toughest guys crack inside of seven days without food and water. See that guy hanging up there? I pointed to the corpse. I didn't kill him. He did. He didn't talk. No talk. No food. No water. You die, slowly and painfully. I held up his chin so he could take in the corpse. I did not see the usual emotional responses. They worked this guy so bad he might be dead inside. Fucking hacks. Please, he began, please. She belongs to the Dark Master now. Did you sacrifice her to your Dark Master? I asked and took a sip of coffee. This is a very fine coffee. Hand ground, straight from Ecuador. I'll cut you down from there and pour you a cup. Where is the girl? With the Dark Master now. Oh, Dark Master, come and save me. He began shouting and screaming for this Dark Master. After he calmed down, I pressed again. This guy was crazy enough he might accidentally let her whereabouts slip. I'm going to ask one more time and you won't see me again for many, many long hours. You'll just be hanging down here in the cold and damp. You and this dead motherfucker right here. I thumbed at the corpse. So, where is the girl? She alive. Dead. Where is this dark master? I took another drink of coffee with a long, loud slurp. Dot, dot, dot with the dark master. He repeated, All right, then. I hung a clock around the neck of the corpse. A ticking clock. I had rigged the gears so that it would run much slower than normal. This warped perception of time and made every starving minute feel like an eternity. I left the buzzing light on and shut the door and headed back upstairs. I waited a full day before I went back down and busied myself with reading and cooking chocolate chip pancakes. One for me and one for my guest. I head back down and sat on a bucket to eat my breakfast and drink my coffee. I brought you chocolate chip pancakes and hot coffee. I'm no Gordon Ramsay but I make a pretty mean pancake. Just tell me where the girl is and these delicious pancakes can be yours if you die here. That will be entirely your choice. Choose life, Pat. Choose pancakes. I held them under his nose. He was hungry now. Even crazy people feel hunger pangs. Shit. He paused and looked at the pancakes. He was really struggling. She is with the dark master. He dot dot dot. He dot dot dot. Pat was about to answer, I think, but then his nose started bleeding profusely. And he started gnashing and grinding his teeth. His body convulsed in some kind of seizure. Save me. He screamed again. I did everything. I did everything for you. Everything you wanted. Hick Pat said he. Was the Dark Master a person? Did this guy work for someone? Is the Dark Master your boss? Tell me where he is at and I'll torture him instead. He can be the one hanging on a pole, starving and pissing on himself. Come on, Pat. I finished off my pancakes. I'm gonna be honest, pal. I don't see you making it even three more days. You look pretty bad. Pretty soon, your stomach is going to start eating itself. You're gonna feel really miserable. Pat stared at the floor, his eyes fixated and nearing catatonia. I want to tell you I can't, he finally spoke. I can't. Keep living that lie, pal, and you'll starve to death on this pole. You all say you can't. You can, just spit it out. Last chance, then I'm gone again. Just you, the corpse, and the clock. Which is running out. I don't like the clock. He said, Take away the clock, please. Fuck you, if you don't tell me where to find that kid. I'm going to hang ten more clocks in here. No, please. He begged. I swear, I want to tell you, but he hurts me. He hurts me inside. He is listening, dot, dot, dot. He is everywhere. Hat looked around the room expecting to see his dark master. He was convinced this dark master was real. I wasn't so sure anymore. His real. A real person. I asked. Answer that and you get a bite of pancake or a sip of coffee. Your choice. He nodded and then answered. Yes, real, but not not he flinched as if expecting to be struck. But he isn't human. I tried. He was hit with another seizure. His eyes began to bleed along with his nose. I'm sorry. He screamed. I'm sorry. Coffee or pancake. I held the two options in front of him coffee he replied a smart choice it's what i would have chosen given the carpet dry mouth he was experiencing i held up the mug so he could sip the coffee see answers get rewards let's go all the way huh where can we find this kid and get her back home and if you say she's with the dark master one more time you might not see me again for days so let's give the right answer this time i think you know the location of the girl that means you are here for the lawn hall, Pat. Give me the location, Pat. I reached over and turned off the clock. Sounds nice, doesn't it? Okay, Pat. Your turn. Pat and not answer immediately. He was taking in the silence. After a while, the ticking of this clock is like a dagger to the ears. Especially when you are bound, starving, and stewing in your own piss and shit in a cold-ass basement. I turned toward the clock, and he shouted, Stop. Wait. She... He was struggling again. There. Is. Is. Come on. Where is she? You know. You know. Now tell me. He looked dead at me and said with tears in his eyes. She is with the Dark Master. I sighed and picked up his plate of pancakes and poured the coffee on the ground. See you later, Pat. Much later. I walked out of the room and stood on the other side of the door for a moment and then walked back in. Almost forgot, I said, and then turned the clock back on. He cried and pleaded almost the whole night to turn that clock off. I waited a day and a half. I had to wake him with ammonia. This guy was starting to look like a deflated balloon. Good afternoon. I waved a bag of fast food under his nose. Burger and fries. American classic. Nice big cold drink too. Don't make me dump on the ground, Pat. Give me that location. Come on. She in a house. Storage bin. Dumpster. Buried in the woods, where does the dark master live? Does he got an address? Yes, Pat answered sullenly, staring at the back. Once again, I turned the clock off. Is the girl alive? I asked, answer and you get a french fry and a sip of soda. I'm feeling nice today. Yes, alive. For now, until he pat froze up, his jaw clamped shut so hard, I could hear his teeth break. The seizure was much longer this time, and now his ears joined his list of bleeding parts. I waited for the seizure to pass and made good on my offer of a drink and a fry. He had a hard time getting the fry down with the broken tooth, but he managed. That's great news, Pat. Alive is good. Makes me hate you just a bit less. You ought to see what I can do with a simple rubber band. I saved that for special occasions for people who hurt kids. Does the Dark Master hurt kids, Pat? Eats them, sorta, for life. To live longer. Only certain kids, though like her. Special kids. Hat flinched again. When nothing happened, he started laughing. Why are you laughing? This isn't a laughing situation. I reckon you got another day or two. I said. Then, abruptly, his eyes exploded, covering my face in vitreous gore and blood. I've never seen anything like it in my life. He screamed and screamed. His eye sockets were empty and smoking. The screaming became a whimper. My little girl, my little girl. Then he died, but just before he succumbed, he whispered four numbers and a road name. It was a neighborhood chock full of the wealthy elite. Private citizens whose money and lawyers made them nearly untouchable. My little girl, it kept ringing in my head. I stopped the recorder in my shirt pocket and picked up my phone and dialed Mr. Ghost, who answered almost immediately. I got your address. I think she is still probably alive, your guy here, though he is kind of a mess. Dead. Not my doing. Mr. Ghost was silent. What is the address? He asked coldly. He seemed agitated that I had offered more than that. As I was readying my reply, I spotted something on Pat's shoulder blade. A tattoo partially covered by pagan ink. A face of a girl, and beneath it on a scroll. My little girl. I had a sinking feeling in my gut. Something was wrong with all of this. Something was terribly wrong. Mr. Alistair. The address he began in a chiding tone, but changed into a softer one mid-sentence. My niece's life could be in danger. Niece, of course, of course. I agreed. How old is your niece? What's that got to do with anything? Give me what I paid for Mr. Alistair. Now, something was definitely goddamn wrong here. He had said before she was his daughter, but he had slipped and said his niece. People sometimes use words they don't mean to use, like saying niece instead of daughter, but he didn't correct me when I said niece. Deals off. The client was bunk. I'll refund your deposit. I don't want your money. I said very seriously, you'll give me that goddamn address. Mr. Ghost's voice had changed. He sounded like a dog growling through a fan. I hung up the phone and prepared to get the hell out of there. Then the door slammed shut and the corpse's head snapped up. It broke away the straps easily since I had only hung them for show. Its eyes were black and cold violet light emanated from them. Give me the address. The corpse said in a sickly moan and then lurched at me. It grabbed me but had been hanging here for several days. Fighting it off proved troublesome but not impossible. I gave one final push and the ghoul hit the ground. I made for the stairs. My phone started ringing, again and again. I reached the front door and heard the thing downstairs clambering and falling, wobbling like a puppet and struggling to reach the top. Nothing a little gasoline and a match wouldn't fix, though. As I rushed to my truck, I lost my footing and fell. My phone put itself between my elbow and the ground. A busted phone was the least of my problems, though. I regained my footing and by the time I got back to the porch, the shambling cadaver had finally reached the top of the stairs. I burned the place to the ground. This old log cabin went up like a matchstick after a few splashes of high octane petrol. That corpse had been pumped full of formaldehyde and burst into flames almost instantly as it passed through the front door. It bellowed a defeated howl before it collapsed into a burning pile of meat and bone. I usually don't get involved after an interrogation. I take my pay and walk. He eats them. I had just seen a man's eyes explode, all on their own out of his damn head. I saw a corpse walk. If that kid was going to live, if she was even still alive, I was going to have to kill a monster. Driving as fast as I could, it was nightfall by the time I arrived at the address. A two-story house smack dab in the middle of rich people land. There were dozens of cars parked and more being shuttled through the gate. There was some kind of party going on. I managed to sneak in as a guest and look around the place. They were having a feast. It was ghoulish. They made no attempt to disguise it. I won't describe what I saw. It is far too awful even to imagine. I just wish I could tell you I found that girl alive. Safe and sound, but I'm not big on lying. I left the party as quietly as I had entered There is a permanent taint on my being now. Having seen the macabre ritual, I found some of her stuff in a trash bin out back. A yellow dress, little black shoes, a doll, a teddy bear, and a small purse full of candy and crayons. I knew it was hers because I found a locket in the purse with a picture of younger, healthier-looking Pat. On the back was engraved, You'll always be my little girl. I found a letter from Pat, too. It looked old and worn. It had been folded and unfolded many times and kept carefully in the envelope. It said, None of this makes sense now, but I'll be back one day. I have to do this to keep you safe. One day, when you grow up, you will understand. I'll be free soon. I have to finish what I started. I love you, daddy. But she wouldn't grow up. I think there was more to Pat than I understood. More than I will ever understand. I think Pat was hunting monsters and they got to him somehow. I suspect Mr. Ghost was just a monster stealing from another monster, and my party to a plan laid yet not hatched. I can't shake the feeling I am being watched. I have to keep my lights on at night and I have recurring nightmares of the interrogation of the feast and monsters. I can't tell my wife or my friends. I can't tell anyone. Anyone I could call to exact justice for that kid was at that party. Police. Politicians, celebrities, and dignitaries, you name it. All of them were supernatural, flesh-eating monsters. Other than my own family, I can't trust anyone. I might slowly be losing my grip on reality. Something keeps calling from the back of my mind, and it gets louder every day. I feel something nibbling. Dot, dot, dot on my very soul. Now, that was the end of my tale. I hope you enjoyed yourself. Listening while escaping the world you live in. That is all for today. Safe travels and a blessed day. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the Fileo Fish Sandwich all day.